We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest, easiest, and safest way to bet all things sports with March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day right around the corner. Bet Online has all the latest news, scores, and odds to help you win big. The best part, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit as a loyal podcast listener. Head on over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to get yourself that free money. Plus, signing up is a great way to support the podcast you're listening to right now. And again, that promo code is BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined once again by Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, we are just, uh, well we're actually right right at the time off the combine, it's a time where we're going to get a lot of different measurements coming in uh, over, over Twitter, through social media, uh, and through the NFL news cycle in general. Um, how, how much do you look forward to the combine? Is it something... That, that you take a, a great interest in or is it something that um you know is, is something that you you tend to take a back step from i'm sure it's, it's i'm sure it's the first option it, definitely the first option even though we know that a lot of the results from the combine can be overrated uh it it's just it's more nfl entertainment we get to see what these guys can do obviously even if you look at and we're going to talk about wide receivers here in a second even if you know the wide receiver athleticism actually is not that large of a factor in terms of how a wide receiver translates into the nfl you can't help but want your guy to be a calvin johnson a julio jones a dk metcalf and even though the 
athleticism itself tends to be a little bit overrated, at least within this range where we know these guys are NFL athletes. Certainly, NFL evaluators do care. It moves them up the draft board. Athleticism actually tends to be a little bit overvalued or overdrafted at wide receiver, but having that higher draft slot is great for your guy right he's going to get much more early opportunity where at the same time we know that if someone falls in the day three falls out of the draft they're not going to get that early opportunity so for a lot of dynasty owners out there devy owners out there fantasy guys who are getting ready to do a rookie draft here in the next couple of months who have maybe favorites but certainly if you already own players this is a big deal because if the guys that you have been sitting on now for a couple of seasons go out and have a poor combine then suddenly they're not going to get that rookie opportunity and you lose a lot of value so this this is a big day a big weekend for the players and then obviously for those of us playing not as big but still a very exciting and important weekend for our fantasy teams it certainly is and it's um it's always an exciting time of year it's that uh it's a little bit like coach speak sometimes like you mentioned there about uh over uh emphasizing on certain attributes you know you'll see it with quarterbacks and the hand size there's no doubt that it does matter in certain situations but there is always going to be those um situations where there is there's the kind of that uh, absence of the rule where somebody without those measurables can have those successes and vice versa people just because you have those measurables does not translate into to becoming a superstar in the nfl uh, we're going to look today at the combine we're going to look at travis may's top 100 rookies pre-combine and as always uh, it will be up on the website it's a five-part series coming out over uh, the next little bit and uh, i would be advising uh, all the, the the listeners to head on over and check it out and as always as a loyal listener of the podcast you can get that 10 percent discount to a rotoviz nfl pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast it gives you access to all of the articles up on the site all of the content all of the tools so do not miss out there's so much stuff going up regarding the nfl combine and the prospects at the moment so the the perfect time to head on over and uh, check that out get yourself ready and get the insight into these common prospects so sean when we're looking at it it's obviously highlighting some of the, the wide receivers in this part of the class um is, is there any of the guys in the, the the first list here as we look from kind of 40 to 21 uh that, that we're we're looking that, that you're excited for heading into the draft and then obviously seeing the, the impact they might have in 2020 in the nfl there definitely are and this is the area where we get some exciting sleepers just to take a step back for a moment and you mentioned the subscription what you get for that and and travis's piece here is certainly one of those where i feel like if you were a dynasty owner then this sort of pays for itself travis obviously a a debbie guru a big nfl draft guy a big college football guy he's been following these guys for years and so his top 100 is really where you can go to see where these guys look now, certainly it's a pre-combine ranking. He'll come out with more of those. One of the cool things here is he's got 64 offensive players ranked, so that's very, very deep. He also has 34 IDPs. So if you're looking for some IDP content, having a hard time finding it, having a hard time kind of figuring out where those guys fit, you know, this is the perfect countdown to look at. And like you said, today we're going to look at number 40 through number 21. It's part four of that series that is going to be released today. And he's got seven wide receivers in this range which sort of shows you the depth that the class has a wide receiver because everybody knows that we have a lot of wide receivers at the top you know maybe six seven eight guys going in the first round now some of those players actually do not quite have what we would consider first round numbers so it'll be interesting to see how they perform this weekend how early they go but in terms of looking at sort of a sleeper name in this round i would look at someone who travis has number 31 overall on his board this is a player isaiah hodgins 
wide receiver from Oregon State. Three very good seasons, broke out as a sophomore, had that 30% dominator rating that season. This past year jumped over 40% in terms of his market share of the team's receiving yardage. I've seen Hodgins go outside the top 20 receivers. I know that he's ranked outside the top 20 receivers on numerous boards. And this is kind of crazy to me when we're looking at someone who, as a junior, someone who's going to be coming out early, had over 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns, and again, what he did for his offense. So you look at him and you look at some of the comps that we might get for him, and it really comes down a lot to where to, to how he performs this week so he's already measured up to uh you know almost six four he's got that 80 inch wingspan so he's someone we might expect to go out be a red zone threat be obviously sort of a good chain moving possession threat as well can he do this weekend enough to move into day two right because if he falls to day three then probably his most optimistic comp is someone like a josh reynolds uh, that's the name that the box score scout will spit out for you as sort of an enthusiastic comp there he reminds me in terms of where he's being evaluated right now of someone like isaiah ford he's someone who graduated from virginia tech a couple years ago uh, went out and now just finally at the end of this last season after going practice squad to practice squad uh made some noise with the dolphins actually i think it's just the dolphins practice squad but bouncing back and forth there and made some noise late in the year certainly still probably off the uh, fantasy radar but an interesting player i hate to think that hodgins is going to follow that same route if he can have a big weekend this weekend move into day two then someone like a keenan allen even pops up on his list of comps and i think he would be a very intriguing prospect at that point so he's someone we're high on based on his production we know production translates you don't want it to be a situation like with a ford or like with an alan lazard where they have to go the really long route to get there though so this weekend definitely is a big deal for him call do you have a guy either like that or someone you think is actually just going to blow up the combine and might even be a little bit overrated you have a guy in this range you're looking at <laughs> the guy i was going to talk about was the guy you just talked about and uh, i had some similar feelings to him but uh, since since i've had to change up the person that i'm going to talk about uh, i'm going to talk about number 30 on the list and that's michael pittman uh, out of usc michael pittman jr now, he's obviously somebody who comes in with a nice like we talked about sometimes over overrated attributes you know six foot four 220 uh, is a nice kind of attribute to, to have at the, the wide receiver position uh, did have a, a very solid season 95 uh, over over 1200 yards 95 receptions 11 touchdowns during 2019 uh, and he's somebody who i think could end up climbing draft boards a little the, the combine's going to depend quite a bit on that um it just it just as a case i think he's probably going to be in that kind of top kind of three quarters in terms of his percentile size for and this is something that's mentioned in the article for uh size adjusted um and i think as well depending on how that 40 time goes um that could move him a little bit higher up um i, I think he's an interesting prospect coming in here um there, there's no players one thing i try is that uh, players coming into the combine you know not to get over enthused um by how they actually perform overall and and the combine in case it gives you too much of a hype and you know we've seen it um you know with the, the leonard fournette dalvin cook debate a couple of years ago at the combine as well you know sometimes these things can be just blown out of such proportions um you know john ross last year finished the season very strong most people will know like the most popular event at the combine would be the 40 yard dash and he's I believe the current record holder for that but you know 
it doesn't always go straight into instant success but it can then lead to a, a longer term development so we don't want to see that over hyper player so i i'm not wanting to put that mantle really on anyone sean heading in here but i do think you mentioned hodgson's uh and i, I think that uh, Pittman could be a very interesting prospect depending on the landing spot and, you know like you hinted at with uh, some of the running backs a couple of weeks ago if some of these guys do to make it you know to the, the later stages some of these rounds whether that's you know second third or fourth round or even you know any of the, the prospects who go in that first round they can land with those teams who were in the playoffs and are primed to you know have success on offense and, and they can really you know fall into the right spot so it's going to be interesting to see where they all fall but based on the combine i think Pittman. Uh, could rise up or fall down draft boards depending on that 40 time but um, I think he's he's an interesting uh, uh, product and obviously has that NFL pedigree as well with the with his father playing in the league uh, so I'm going to throw it back on top of you um, Sean is there somebody who you think that you know those those, those workout metrics maybe like a DK Metcalf are going to spring off the sheet and maybe affect things that was the unusual thing about Metcalf was um you know obviously the the agility drills didn't test well but uh based on straight line speed you know uh, he, he his combine is really kind of showing exactly what's happening but they have made that work in seattle so he's a very interesting study he is and i think that the guy uh where the numbers and the production maybe the most interesting sort of profile we find with the receiver there from arizona state and brandon Ayuk. so you've got the the juco profile then you've got a year at arizona state where he doesn't necessarily do that much behind Nikhil harry and then the big breakout season this year with lots of highlights that really jump out at you and make you think well this guy i mean he just looks like an nfl player he looks like someone with the big wingspan and with the with the speed that you know he's he's open all the time he can make the big plays he can go up and get the ball and if he has a big weekend at the combine it will probably take him from someone where you know more justified in the second third fourth round ranges based on what he has done but with the really good final season and then the athleticism even in this stacked draft i think that we will be surprised just how early he goes if you've been following over the last couple of weeks he sneaks higher and higher on all the mock drafts with every day that passes and so there's certainly anticipation that he's going to light it up this weekend at least consolidate what he's done in terms of the highlights that he has on film and so i think be a very exciting receiver for players there someone who maybe you're going to take a little bit of a gamble on but has that extremely high upside that could pay off as someone who you know there's this overvalued undervalued element where you've got a very wide range of potential outcomes for him if he does what people are expecting this weekend then it's going to be even more tantalizing to believe that he can really uh, come through with that upside result yeah and since we're talking about wide receivers sean uh just looking through it you know a lot of people do put that emphasis on the 40 yard dash as i mentioned um you know at all positions but kind of especially at the the skill positions wide receiver running back um in terms of the wide receiver um i always the the test i always think and i don't know if you have a different opinion i'm going to see what you think in a moment but i always think at the combine the one that i tend to put a lot of emphasis on is the the vertical jump um obviously we've seen more and more athletic uh, wide receivers and tight ends come into the league and you know we hear about certain players with basketball backgrounds and things like that i i do think that ability for those especially the, even the taller receivers to add that vertical leap 
over cornerbacks and we've seen like uh, a lot of the guys who are you know top wide receivers in the league at the moment like two of my favorites Devontae Adams and Alan Robinson both of those have uh, you know 39 and a half uh, for Alan Robinson or for Devontae Adams and 39 inch vertical leap for Alan Robinson uh, Odell Beckham just just under the 39 and Julio Jones just under the 39 so uh, I, I think that's somewhere where you know it shows explosiveness particularly if you're going to be you know used in the red zone is there any particular trait that you you think is more important than others for particularly since we're talking about wide receivers the wide receiver position well for wide receivers the the numbers definitely indicate that the fast guys are overdrafted i think there are some interesting specific elements though where if you look specifically at small receivers then it is helpful to be very very fast and that only makes sense if you're talking about someone who is sub uh, six feet or someone who is sub 200 pounds then they need to have that separation ability to really create a vertical threat to be able to get open underneath because they don't have that natural size that makes them open all the time as you might say about some of these bigger receivers another thing for you know a very specific subgroup would be the big receivers Uh, again they tend to be overdrafted on speed but some of the different tests will show that elite agility for these big guys is very, very helpful. That was one of the things that was interesting last year with Metcalf where he struggled in that area. Certainly, it's not going to be the case for every single player. He went on then to have a good rookie season and the way that they use him, that may not come into play as much. But if you can get one of these big guys and height, certainly something that still comes into play. Receivers are interesting because they have different things that they're being asked to do. But the tall receivers are better threats in the red zone, and touchdowns are more difficult to replace than yards. So depending on whether you're looking at it from a reality perspective or a fantasy perspective, obviously in PPR leagues, uh, those guys who can be the possession receivers really balance out some of the things that are probably more valuable in reality. But there are definitely some specific traits based on what you're asking from a receiver that you certainly are wanting to see come out this weekend yeah i agree there um so we're going to move into the second half of the show the next part we're going to look at and we have been highlighting some of his work over the last couple of weeks and he, he actually uh, seen he, he had a tweet uh last week that uh, listening to, to myself and yourself and i'm sure it's more so yourself sean talk about some of his work on this uh on the site uh he still has to kind of pinch himself every time but uh it's antonio lasada and he's talking this particular week mainly about offensive lines but how that related to running back production and i mentioned on last week's article we're going to talk through it here we probably won't do the article justice based on the the visualization work that is put into it uh, another good piece from antonio uh, but when we look at it you know a lot of is put into offensive line play how that affects you know there's always the talk of the dallas uh running game and that was based on obviously uh, a couple of different running backs you know from DeMarco Murray was there and then obviously there was the situation where uh, Darren McFadden I believe was there and then obviously Zeke has been there so we have had those situations and a lot of it was put down to obviously anyone could run behind that offensive line but that's not necessarily um, the truth when it comes to the the research that Antonio has done um, in this here particular piece um one of the main things he's putting in is obviously that uh, offensive line run performance isn't very consistent from year to year and we do see a lot of uh, you know offensive lines a bit like defenses as well you know they 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 can vary quite considerably even in season for for the duration of a season um, and there's very little um, between basically how good an offensive line was in one season versus the next season uh, running back ADP so there's a couple of interesting things that come from this piece Sean was there anything in particular that that really uh, stood out to you you know locking through the piece yeah and and this fits with intuition that I've had and kind of the way that I play and so we're always 
uh, you know, more likely to believe research that confirms uh, what we pr- would prefer to be the case. So you have to look <laughs> yeah. at that as being a little bit of something where, you know, I- I- am I so strongly in favor of this because it's what I wanted to be true or because it definitely is? Certainly, I think you should go and, and look at the research, kind of like you were saying, Antonio's done a fantastic job with this article. There are a couple of really cool things here. One, he's looked at the connection between offensive line uh, quality uh, judged by adjusted line yards. So, you know, what portion of the run offensive lines are often get it, given credit for and following season running back ADP, right? To see if offensive lines are really boosting some of these guys. Now, there are going to be some tricky things in judging that because of, you know, where we're looking with the different runners, you know, maybe different runners in committees. But even with some of those caveats, the connection there is virtually non existent, right? And one of the guys that he brought up. Uh, as someone who was sort of controversial based on this offensive line quality last year was Joe Mixon. And there were some concerns about the offensive line. They go in, he has this just catastrophic first half of the season. I only had him on one team and that team was actually loaded except for the running back two position, which he slid into. You wouldn't necessarily expect your team to be completely destroyed by Joe Mixon, but it definitely was. And then you see uh, in the, conclusion of the year Mixon jumping back up they made some changes on offense some a little bit different emphasis in the way they were doing things a little bit in terms of what you're talking about there even within season you can get some variations uh, not even necessarily in terms of offensive line play but certainly in results right and so then that's the next thing that's kind of cool in the article he talks about the connection between offensive line quality and fantasy scoring again finds basically no connection between those two things so if you're looking at the offensive lines and thinking okay this is going to be the key to figuring out you know how i can get some extra value here that's probably not the case when you're looking at both fantasy scoring and adp as things where you don't see the connection one of the things that i i think is pretty interesting about this is blair andrews had an article toward the end of last season uh obviously his in-season work is, is just as cool as his wrong read article and it was talking about offensive line play yards before contact and running backs and suggested that it really looks like running backs play a very large role in this in some ways again that's only intuitive that the quality of the running back is going to help you determine how well the offensive line plays or how well the offensive line looks how good they look because a running back who can see the holes who can get to the holes more quickly who has the agility to make the cuts those players are all going to gain more yards before contact than someone like a carlos hyde type of player for example jamal charles and again a little bit of a it may be an unfair example because of just how good he was. But if you go back, you look at some of the grading for offensive lines, the chiefs offensive line graded out as one of the best in the NFL. When he played the next year, when he has the ACL injury, they come in toward the bottom. The next year, when he comes back, they come in back toward the top. Now, some of that could be because of personnel shifts, but if you look at the chiefs line during that time period, they actually had pretty good continuity. Someone like a Jamal Charles takes them being from an elite offensive line to a poor offensive line and vice versa. And so I really think that this emphasis, it's not that we shouldn't give offensive lines credit. Certainly you watch the games, you see uh, when pass rushers are streaming through, it can destroy the quarterback. Uh, 
all of those types of, of blocking things in terms of the passing game, very, very valuable. Help the quarterbacks get the job done. If you don't have the offensive line, it's going to be difficult for your offense to be successful. So offensive linemen, it's not that we want to devalue their worth, but in terms of determining who's good, who's bad, we have to consider that the running back also makes a big difference there. And so with that sort of as the backdrop, I wanted to ask you, are there fantasy running backs you might be more or less willing to target after having read Antonio's article? You know, we've got some of the teams here in the top five, the bottom five, some other interesting players. Looking at that, you know, are there some guys now you're looking to target based on this offensive line research? Well, one of them that's interesting, you know, when you look through the top five and the bottom five, there is a couple of surprises in there, and then, then there's the ones that you ex- expect to be there. You know, Dallas, Baltimore, te- Tennessee, in terms of how the season developed there, uh, we had really the, the run game was going super strong for the Saints during that point where Drew Brees was out uh, with the injury. Then when he came back, they did finish the season. You know, Kamara came on pretty strong at the end of the season, so they're in there as well. Oakland stands out to me as a, a little bit of a surprise. I know they were trying to, to run the ball quite a bit, but uh, I wasn't expecting it to be quite as high, so that makes it a little bit interesting for somebody like Josh Jacobs. Uh, based on it uh, the bottom half then you know you know you, you, we've we've talked on this uh, Sean uh, David Montgomery and how the season went for him um, obviously they're in that bottom five but you know I think as you mentioned there sometimes it is linked to the running back I think maybe some of the offensive line issues in Chicago are, are linked to Montgomery as well because there certainly was times where there was plays there to be made that weren't made so um, it, it's hard to know how much to, to put into that um, again like you talked about Le'Veon Bell um, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago on the show no, if, if there's any issue there, James Connor with the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, the Dolphins, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick led the team in rushing. So <laughs> I don't think we'll be targeting many of the current uh, Dolphins running backs, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how those shake out. Now you mentioned mixing and I've never been a big mixing fan, but there was a stage, you know, in the season where he was just, you know, playing fantastic, uh, you know, kind of uh, after that third, kind of mid third of the season. Um, so he's somebody who's going to be interesting to me. Fournette has never been somebody who I've been interested in targeting. He's he's somebody who's in that list as well. Uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the concerns we have over uh, Ro- uh, Ronald Jones and the Bucks and how it shakes out there. But that, that offensive line could, could prove to be interesting. And the, the one, obviously, that I think, uh, a lot of people will already be targeting and we touched on it of how he finished the season last mm-hmm. season um the more the more i read into to different bits and pieces about barkley and we talked in season about his injury and things like that i think saquon barkley uh, is some somebody at the run back position like you know this year unfortunately david johnson was our leading guy for the kind of modified uh, zero rb approach but i i think i think this year uh, saquon barkley could be the guy that's fitting into a lot of those teams for me he, he's somebody i'm very interested in at the moment uh heading into to 2020 drafts uh is barkley somebody who who would be kind of out of those four guys would be top in your list or is there anyone else that that interests you well barkley is going to definitely be uh the go-to guy i think if you have a pick at the top of the draft uh someone who hasn't necessarily gotten great blocking but that may not matter as much going forward the offensive line could improve and certainly we see he's another example of someone who hasn't necessarily needed it if he does get the boost even better for him you know you mentioned ronald jones one of the concerns there with uh, betting on him in a third season would just be that tampa bay offense again if it improves a little bit or he makes the jump and makes it look better right because perhaps the problem has mostly been with him if he makes that last adjustment you see that explosion one of the things here in terms of looking at some of the teams that are toward the bottom you mentioned chiefs dolphins looking at running backs who might go though we talked about jonathan taylor on the show a lot obviously you have swift you have dobbins 
who ends up in Kansas City versus who ends up in Miami. It seems like it will be a big deal in terms of touchdowns, in terms of the number of times that you're delivered to the goal line. It may not be as much of a difference in the rest of the game as you might think certainly with the Steelers and another example here of things that maybe are not exactly offensive line where if Ben Roethlisberger comes back then James Conner uh maybe a Benny Snell someone in that Steelers offense could jump right back up and have a big season so there are some potential sleeper teams and sleeper players there where they're getting knocked down from concerns about the offensive line when in fact we should be targeting those guys as breakout candidates or sleepers for 2020 yeah and it's uh it's going to be interesting that's something to dive into and obviously uh, even this weekend's action at the combine could start to, to shift for some of these running backs going the draft and then could shift some of our thoughts based on the research of antonio but i would highly recommend to head on over check that out on the site definitely worth uh, having a look through in the visualizations and it are, are fantastic to help uh, summarize that information that's going to do it for today's show on road of his overtime brought to you by betonline.ag my name's colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland as always joined by sean siegel be sure and check out all the work up on the road of his website over the next couple of days we'll be back at the end of the week with another show uh, bringing you some great uh, fantasy related information do not miss that one make sure you're subscribed in your favorite device and until we're back with the next show have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.